Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Mac CC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Paul Smith Dental Care. Their friendly practice provides a wide range of restorative and cosmetic treatments, but they also focus firmly on preventative care to help you and your family achieve lasting oral health. This means they encourage regular checkups and hygiene appointments, as well as advising you how to take care of your teeth at home. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest. This man has been mentioned several times already on the podcast and is widely regarded as one of the most feral individuals at the club. In fact, some would say feral doesn't even do him justice. He has played his cricket all over Cheshire and Greater Manchester, together with two stints abroad. He's held together with tape and limb supports and is fuelled exclusively by Red Bull and roll-ups. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr John Birchall. Birchie, how are you? Drunk Miles, how are you? Yes, I'm very good. I, I take it you've been enjoying the odd libation here and there? Uh, well, it's safe to say uh, I've had to get the local shop to keep stocking up on cans of Carlin because they're running out. <laughs> it's no good having Weatherspoons shut, you know. I know. I, I, I feel for you. My heart bleeds for you, <laughs> Birchie. I take it your uh, recycling bin has been uh, getting a good run, has it? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, we've got a big one at work, so I just load the boot of the car up with all the cans and drop them off. How's the uh, how's the lockdown been treating you? Obviously, you're still working. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still working. It's It's been pretty hard because uh, I couldn't see the kids for like three weeks because the ex-wife, we won't talk about her, she, uh, she had symptoms. And then obviously, I've not been able to see my mum, bless her. So I've been a lot of Zoom and FaceTime and whatnot. But yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Good. So Zoom's been getting a good run. Yeah. Obviously got the kids back now. Yeah, yeah. Um, three three nights a week now. I've managed to negotiate that. Excellent. <laughs> and are they uh, fully feral? Oh, fully feral. No school. Basically just wrecking me. <laughs> and and as we know, you are a broken man. Although it has to be said, I think you're um you you're returning to peak physical fitness and performance from what I saw. I was, and then um. COVID-19 pulled the plug on that, didn't it? It certainly did. Um, so, obviously, we, we t mentioned a little bit of work there, Birchie. Do you want to tell everyone uh, what you do when you're uh, when you're not being ran ragged by the three kids? Um, yes. Uh, well, I work nights uh, for the David Lewis Centre, which is a national autism and epilepsy centre. So, I work with mm. adults with uh, vulnerable, vulnerable conditions and their learning difficulties and things like that. So... Autism and epilepsy is the main one. So, yeah, I basically give them the drugs and make sure they're all right through the night. Excellent. And I think it's fair to say, when I mentioned in your introduction about you being powered exclusively by Red Bull and Roll-Ups, <laughs> it, it is not uncommon for you to arrive to play cricket on a Saturday direct from a night shift powered by Red yep. Bull and Roll-Ups. Yep. 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 <laughs> I'm not doing that again. I'd, I'd actually um, I'd booked holiday for the entire season. So I've worked like three shifts in May. Because <laughs> I've booked every Friday, Saturday off for the next 
five months. How on earth did you get that past your manager? I I do the rotor. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Well, um, hopefully, John, we will get at least... Some cricket. Yeah, it's killing me this miles mate uh, we're all in the oh. sa- we're all in the same boat oh no fingers crossed mate we'll get there fingers crossed i have to say i'm i'm in particularly buoyant mood today Bertie, because um the ecb have given given us the go ahead to reopen the nets yes being being the eternal badger that i am i've i've lined <laughs> up a lot today so i'm going to spend about 4 hours after this podcast uh, this finished recording getting loose um today <laughs> to then go and bowl three overs in the nets and wish i'd never done it so um yes well, i know that feeling yeah, well, you probably know it a little bit more than me, although my run-up is a bit longer than yours. So excitable, and then I do it, and then I'm broken for the week. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I can't help it. I still think I'm 21. Yeah, well, there oh. we go. So let's move on to some cricket here, Birchie. What What would you say your, your earliest cricketing memories are? Oh, God, uh, there's a few. I mean, Heat and Mersey Village, which was in, like, Cheshire Alliance Division 12. Um I don't even think they. I think they've folded. I think I I put pay to that. But uh, what happened was my dad was playing a bit of village cricket down there, and uh, he couldn't bat to save himself, but he could bowl a bit. He used to swing it. I used to go down and watch, and I'd be in the nets, and I was about eight, eight or nine, and they didn't have a junior section. But one of my dad's friends, a guy called Peter Smithson, me and his son Wesley grew up together, and. Uh, he said, why don't you come down to Withenshaw? And I was like, what? <laughs> Went down and we started playing quick cricket, you know, so blue bats and wickets and orange balls. And that was it. We were smacking them all over the place. And then uh, next minute we were playing under 11s we had back then, mm-hmm. uh, age, age nine, which is where we hit the hard ball. But it wasn't pairs or anything. When you're out, you're out. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was my early cricketing memory. I also remember a lot of my dad used to play lacrosse as well. And um, when we when we were at the Nets uh, at Heaton Mersey Village, he used to throw cricket balls at me with a lacrosse stick. <laughs> uh, yes, whilst I was batting because he couldn't really throw very well. Uh, so, yeah, I learned to play off the back foot early and, uh, and beamers, um, <laughs> hooking and pulling my way to uh, to glory with no helmet. I did top edge one into my into my face, which was rather unpleasant. I've uh, I've always wondered why you enjoyed facing my bowling so much, but uh, <laughs> yes, my dad and his lacrosse stick, Jesus. So, would you say that uh, Mr. Birchall Senior was in fact uh, had had the forerunner to the to the infamous dog toy that everyone loves using in the nets now with his lacrosse stick? Definitely, honestly, lacrosse sticks. People need to get rid of those dog toys. Use them for the dogs. Get a lacrosse stick and get hurling those balls down. <laughs> the defenders actually have a really long stick. I'm thinking you could get some serious Ian Tate off that one. Oh, no. I mean, I don't <laughs> think a few of us at the club do need uh, any more preparation for receiving emails, frankly. <laughs> Good to hear about your kind of early uh, early cricketing memories there, John. I think it's fair to say you've um, you've played for, for one or two clubs over the years, and, and you've already mentioned a couple there. Do, do you want to sort of fill us in on, on the clubs that you've played for and uh, perhaps leaving the, the most recent? Yeah, um... Started off at Heaton Mersey Village, playing senior stuff from like 10, 11, which was proper village. But it was like, you know, cabbage patch fields and twisted wickets. And uh, I, I remember my, my heroes at the time was a fella called Steve Kidd and um, John Usher, 
who actually, I think he's still playing at Prebury St. Mark. He is indeed. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, Graham Simpson. Oh, uh, they they were just great. Awesome bowlers, and Steve Kidd could, could really bat. Uh, I think he finished his career off at uh, Langley. Not Langley. Uh, Lindo. Yeah, but we used to play teams like Kerridge and Peaver and Lindo and Chester County, Chester County Officers. Yeah. Yes, Chester County Officers, correct. Yeah. Um, God, that was years ago. And when I went to Withenshaw, I was playing the junior stuff till I was about 12. The first team used to take me when I was about 11 just to field because I was, I was quick. I could throw and I could catch. And uh, I occasionally got a bat at number 11 um, until I was a little bit older. I started playing seconds and I was batting and bowling. And then I got to about 14, 15 and um, they stuck me in the first team batting at four. And I never bowled again. I didn't bowl. I only bowled in junior stuff. And then I got to about 18 and I was getting not much bigger, but stronger. And uh, yeah, I can remember getting lots of runs and uh, I started bowling a bit again. But then um, we actually had, uh, we had a few great overseas, a guy called Heath Pedrola who played for Queensland, who I watched him get a double hundred on a Saturday afternoon and that was glorious. And um, then we had an overseas called Danny Weir and that's when I, I went to Australia and I came back from there. God, I think I had a season back at Withenshaw and we won the league and the cup double and there's nothing else to do in that Manchester Association league. It was pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we had another overseas called Nick Horsley who played for Northern Districts and he invited me back over to play at Parnell, so I went and did that. Uh, before I, actually, no, before I went to Australia, I played a season at Prestatin in the Merseyside Comp. That was brilliant. The grounds right on the beach, absolutely rock hard. West Indian touring teams, it was just, just epic. Uh, and then obviously I went away, came back, played a season there, went away, came back, and then I went to Brooklyn's. Can't remember what it was. <laughs> a while ago, about 2002, 2003. Yeah, so I had a, I had a good run there. I went down south with a. I started coaching whilst I was still at Withenshaw, and I just progressed through me one and two. And I got the opportunity to go and coach full time uh, down south, Isle of Wight. So I dropped into playing at Ventnor, which was just absolutely insane. The flattest, hardest pitch I've ever seen. Uh, runs were very easy uh, in the Hampshire uh, Southern Electric Premier Silver League, I think it was. I think we won it two years on the bounce, but they wouldn't let us get promoted because the ground was too small, apparently. <clears throat> Made no difference to me. It was great. Uh, <laughs> beautiful weather, good cricket. Yeah, coaching full-time. It was it was a great couple of years. And then I had a bad injury twice, which was me, obviously my ankle. And then I came back. I think I had another season back at Brooklyn's, maybe. You did, yeah. And, and then I went to Bramall, and that was rubbish. And then I went, <laughs> I went back to the Brooklands and then ended up at uh, the glorious Macclesfield. And and there endeth the chapter and verse of John Virchell's uh, cricket journey. Christ, I'm sorry it was so long. <laughs> no, listen, you'll never beat DC. Who, I'll never be DC. You'll never Not until I'm 50-odd. <laughs> you'll never beat DC who gave uh, a four-and-a-half-minute answer to a question. <laughs> And then proceeded to inform me that he didn't deal in one-word answers. Anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about DC, we're talking about you. So there's a few bits I want to pick out of there, John. The first is that this may come as a surprise to some, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 
I, I believe you are actually the hol- highest qualified coach at Macclesfield because you, you have your level three coaching, don't you? I do, yeah. I um, completed it, I think it was 2007, and they just brought in a new pilot level three. And I actually got onto the pilot course through the Hampshire and Isla White cricket board that I was working with at the time. And uh, they put me on it. And I was on it with Ian Pont, who used to be part of the 80s Essex championship winning side. Uh, Andy Flowers was on it as well. Uh, I was doing a lot of my drills with Andy Flowers. It was crazy. Um, there was just, I think, uh, Ian Blackwell was on there. There was, there was just, it was just first class players and me. <laughs> Half of them were geriatric and now I'm this young whippersnapper at the time. Oh God, yeah, it was bizarre. It was, it was a great course. I really enjoyed it. I don't have a clue where my uh, certificate went. I think it went to one of my many residences in the UK. Am I right in saying that you are the only level three coach at the club, or perhaps you were the first? I don't know. Is anybody? Uh, else? I don't. I don't know. Is is? Uh, I don't know if Stuart's level three. Yeah, possibly. Um, um, but I think it's it's definitely safe to say you were certainly the first level three coach. But as I say, I stand to be corrected on that. Nah. So, yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to just pick out of what you said there. The other thing is, um, I think I thought it'd be interesting just to, to for you to tell us uh, which clubs you played for when you played abroad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Australia was a club called Lang Warren uh, in the Victoria uh, something, something Association League. Um, we actually played on... AstroTurf map in the middle of a football oval. So, I mean, Jesus, the grounds were massive. Was this sub-district? Uh, it was Mel- Melbourne, yeah. So, sub-district. It, it wasn't... It was good cricket. The first team was good cricket, but the I played a bit of second team and uh, a few first team games. But, I mean, it was a real eye-opener because I got there, I went to the club, ordered a pint, and they gave me a pot. And I was like, well... What, what fresh hell is this? Where's the rest of it? Uh, just necked it and ordered another one and they were like, oh God, Pommy's here. But it, honestly, some of the most incredible memories from, from Langwar and Cricket Club, you know, Stewie Turber, Danny Weir, Aaron Blacious, Luke Simons. It was just the best time I've, I've ever had. I was working as well. They got me landscape gardening jobs and all sorts of stuff, nearly getting bitten by poisonous arachnids and snakes. But uh, it was... Yeah, fantastic. Really enjoyed it. And uh, I think I, my highest score was about 57. Uh, and I actually batted, not many people will believe this, for 83 overs, I think it was. You batted for 83 overs and scored 57? Yeah, I batted all day. It was a two-day flags final. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I couldn't get it off the square. <laughs> uh, so, Well, the grass is so tough. I mean, I, I think Khalid was talking about it. So you cream one along the floor through cover that in England you just stand there and go, yeah. What a shot that was, pal. Uh, and it goes nowhere. So you run, you literally hit it and run. And you might get one. You might get two if you're lucky. But you won't get four all along the carpet. You have to go over the top. It's ridiculous. And even then, you can't reach. The grounds are that big. And that was, uh, Cal was saying, obviously, with some of those grounds that you're playing on there, they're, yeah. they're joint football and AFL and all the rest of it. These were Langwarren. Yeah, Langwarren was a big footballing club as well. It had three, three ovals, three pitches. Uh, it was a big setup. They had eight senior sides on a Saturday playing cricket. Eight. Wow. So you can imagine the debacle in the bar afterwards. I mean, it was just, it was just incredible. Great, great eight months that was. So you played there. You've also played in New Zealand, haven't you? Yeah, Auckland. A team called Parnell. 
which was even oh the standard there was just incredible the Premier League cricket was I mean you were playing with and against first class players every week because they play their domestic stuff during the week so at the weekends they go back to their clubs so they've got like Premier clubs like North Shore and Auckland and Grafton and uh, I can't remember now but they've got big clubs so you might have five or six senior teams on a Saturday there's none of this let's all play cricket village stuff like in England because we've been playing it for too long <laughs> many 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 years lots of little clubs everywhere uh, but the standard over there is just pushed forward so much by having these sort of super clubs really so each ground might have two or three cricket ovals on and it's all grass wickets. Oh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Playing against Matthew Horn and, you know, some, some great names. Uh, Tim Hancock was over there, uh, Gloucester captain. I, uh, I actually bowled spin. I bowled off spin and Tim Hancock charged down the wicket, missed it and got stumped. So I was quite happy with that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a few, because my bowling was basically cannon fodder over there. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I just got smashed. Flat decks. Ball doesn't seem around like in England, so I just didn't know what to do with it. I was bowl, running up, bowling throwdowns and getting smashed everywhere. I was like, do you know what? Ah, oh, I think I'll bowl off spin. <laughs> so I just concentrated on batting, but uh, we, had, um, we had a good side. We had like Tim McIntosh, the left-hander that played for New Zealand. And we had a captain called Cadell Buss who used to play professional Aussie rules. And he was, he was, a, he was a hard man. He was a hard man. He didn't, he didn't mess with him. He didn't want to upset him. Anyway, one morning, me and Tim Mack rolled in at four o'clock in the morning, I think it was. Been playing snooker all night and just drinking rum. Anyway, we turn up at the cricket game 15 minutes late. I get a roast in. He gets a roast in. Macker was so drunk, he actually sent him home and he came back when he sobered up and batted at eight and, and top scored. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Bussy was a tough man. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Great times. Great times. Very good. And then, obviously, when you returned from your, your couple of uh, stints abroad, um, yeah. you know, you came back to the various clubs. I think you mentioned to me that you played a couple of developmental games for Cheshire is that right is is that as far down the sort of Cheshire system as you got yeah to be honest a bit of rough from Wivenshaw he went to school in Stockport and uh, my school didn't play cricket so it was it was tough trying to get anywhere uh, representative wise I remember I played a lot of uh, league matches you know the Cheshire County league team yeah usually because no one wanted to play (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I really enjoyed those. We actually got to the final uh, and we got beat by Derbyshire, but it was a it's a cracking day. We played at Grappenall. Yeah, I loved it, loved it. But um, I played one development game. After my temper, everyone was like, oh, hang on, this kid can play. So they picked me and we went to play Staffordshire. Bloody Kim Barnett was playing. Well, they just smashed me everywhere. Played on a road. I can't use these sorts of facilities. I haven't got the skill. Oh, he, he pumped me, hit me in the knee everything i was like well that's that's my uh, last game for uh, any sort of cheshire stuff i actually batted really well but i can't remember what i got there's no there's no scorecards around uh, but i played another one in lead and uh, we went out and got absolutely smashed uh, the night before turned up at this beautiful little ground with a white picket fence around it and uh, we were playing a yorkshire 11 uh, like yorkshire second team they had a few leg spinners who were no, he was just an idiot. He just kept telling you what he was going to bowl when he bowled it. 
Leggy, leggy, leggy. I was like, um, can you shut him up? Leggy, leggy, googly. And I was like, what is this guy doing? Oh, I hit a flat one past him that went through the side screen. I think I got out a few balls later, obviously, but not to him. I wouldn't give him that satisfaction. Spinners are rubbish. And then um, <laughs> one great memory of this game while we were fielding. Uh, oh, God. Um, uh, where was I? I was stood about, I think, Nick Cantello, who was quite large at the time. I was stood at mid-on. And I think I was stood at mid-off. Anyway, this batsman's hit one, and it's going to the, the long boundary. Cantor sets off after it. And do you know what? He can move for a fat man. He really can shift. So he's chasing it. Anyway, he gets, gets there, gets there. He flicks it back and he just steamrolled through the white picket fence. <laughs> flattened, flattened about six, seven foot of white picket fence, which then dipped off into like a trench. So the ball stopped. So I've ran in, picked it up, fizzed it in over the stumps. I could throw back then. And uh, I was like, Cantus? Yep, my right. <laughs> and uh, got out of the ditch, tried to rebuild the picket fence and just gave up in the end. But oh, it was funny that. <laughs> like a flying pig I just have visions of a sort of Acme cartoon big hole <laughs> yeah, in a picket fence it was and, it and was big cancer shaped hole well there's there's a <laughs> there's another thing I want to I want to draw on that you've uh, you've just mentioned there which yeah. was that uh, you got a bit of national press when you were back at Brooklands for a feat that you uh, you managed to achieve against Ermston, and I believe this was in the 2004 season. Is that right? Uh, I think it was July 2004. It was, I recall. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you, do you want to tell us about this and, and kind of oh, re- relive well, relive the day? How long have we got? I mean, what a Groundhog Day! Absolute gold. Turned up. It's raining. Obviously, it's Ermston, and. Um, so we were playing table tennis in the changing rooms with pads as the as the net and using like a tennis ball and we were like we're never going to even get on today and um, playing with some of my heroes like Neil Ogden and uh, I don't think Rob Edwards was playing then and Havashid Mitra or Hash who's uh, Indian born Geordie he's brilliant he played he played a lot of good cricket he did yeah so anyway we uh, I think we lost the toss and they stuck us in uh, I think I only got about. 17, 11, 17, so like Kurt Edgerton was bowling. I tried to take him on. I can't even remember. I think I blew one straight up. Anyway, we managed to get to sort of one three hundred and odd. I think Paul Garnett got about 30 that day, set it up. Yeah, we went out to bowl. I wasn't even, I didn't even open the bowl. Gary Edwards opened, who's just bowled little away swingers. Really annoying. Um, I think Matty Guy might have been at the other end. Pretty sure a catch went down early on. Uh, and then Hash threw the ball to me and I bowled from the road end. My first ball was a wide half volley, pretty sure. And uh, he chopped it on. I was like, well, that was a quality wicket. Uh, and then, and then the pitch, I just, wow. I was just seeming it all over the place, in, out. Oh, it was just, I was bowling them. There was bales going everywhere, LBWs. Uh, there was another drop catch at the other end and I got to like seven and uh, I think AJ might said, you're going to get all well, was AJ playing I can't remember he said uh, you're going to get all ten here Birchy I was like no chance and Hash Hash our captain Avajid Matra was stood at short gully no short leg and he goes Birchy if you get all ten I'll, <laughs> I'll buy you beer all night I was like done ran in nick one back bails off again and then the last, the last, I think that was it. Uh, the last two wickets, 
So first both come in, cleaned him up. I was like, no way. Or LBW, I can't remember. Anyway, the last the last wicket, this lad came out. He was a young Asian lad. And uh, everyone just knew, oh, you, you're getting him out. You're going to get him out. You know, he's full of confidence, tail up. So I've come, come running in. I've bowled the ball. He's got a little leading edge straight up in the air. I've kicked our captain out of the way because he stood at short leg, called my name, caught it, and then I just didn't know what to do. It was just pandemonium. Uh, the whole the whole team just came and sort of dived on me and uh, had me pinned to the floor. So, yeah, 10 for 41, including a hat-trick, was just ridiculous. So, you, you t- to clean that up for everyone, you took 10 for 41, oh. and including the last three wickets, which was a hat-trick. Yeah, yeah. It was and I, it was caught and bowled as well to finish it, which was just crazy, crazy insane. And then obviously I drank all night for free. Um, and uh, yeah, if I do remember correctly, I, I think I uh, might have had some relations that night as well. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly won't go into that, Virtue. No, I had grass stains and everything. <laughs> I think I was in a park in Sale. <laughs> well, there we go. Recent podcast guest and club personality, Pete Langley, has decided to get off his backside for charity. His words, not mine. He has challenged himself to run 100 kilometres in a month, having previously only ever walked from scrum to scrum, and famously only comes into bowl off four yards, when he is allowed to bowl, I might add. He's undertaking this challenge in aid of Parkinson's UK, which is a charity very close to his and his family's heart. The charity supports families in improving the quality of life for sufferers of Parkinson's. Many people will also be aware that Nick Burtis's father battled Parkinson's and passed away two years ago. In the current climate, with cancellations to events such as the London Marathon, many charities have been hit hard, so any donations to this fantastic cause would be gratefully appreciated. You can find out more by searching Langer's 100k on justgiving.com. So so after that, uh, moving back towards Mac here, obviously you mentioned that you, you, you eventually found uh, what I'd like to think now is home at the Glorious oh, Cricket Club. And and how did that come about? How did you end up at Mac? Well, I was working at the David Lewis in Oldley Edge and I was living in Altrincham um, and my mate was moving out of the flat, I think, with his girlfriend. And uh, I'd started going out with this... <sighs> A woman who later became my wife and she lived in Macclesfield so we rented a house together and moved to Mac and because of where I was working and moving to Mac it was always on the cards I was I was going I think I had another season at Brooklyn's just to finish it off and then uh, I used to come down to Mac after the games and say how did you do and Caleb like oh we got 236 and, and lost and uh, I was like oh <laughs> nothing I think Nick Ross was here as well at the time. Uh, and then I just, yeah, loved it. I, I loved the atmosphere, loved the people, I loved the ground. It's just amazing. And I really, really, really miss it at the minute. Ugh. Really, really enjoy playing cricket, whether whether I do anything or not. Uh, and if the team can win, then even better. I never played at a club that's had a song either. <laughs> Believe it or not. Well, hopefully we'll get one of those at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Bertie, I want to uh, move on to some of your stats now and, and a couple of games for Macclesfield and just talk about those. Um, so the 
the first thing I'll do is just run over all of your, your batting and bowling stats. Inevitably, I get bored of saying this as per play cricket, which um, is <laughs> not... sketchy. Yeah, it's a bit sketchy. Although, I think, to be fair, it has all of your Macclesfield stats um, since you yeah. joined the club in, in 2014. And it does have quite a few games before that, but but it's not, it's not uh, all of the cricket you've played, let's put it that way. So, no. you have, as per play cricket, played 154 games with 140 innings, 8 not outs. You scored 2,847 runs with a higher score of 125. You scored 1450s and 200s. And uh, you have, I would say, a respectable 20 ducks. Ooh! <laughs> so, bowling-wise, I think, I mean, I, I should point out at this point, uh, John, you you are very much considered an all-rounder. I don't know whether you would call yourself a bowling all-rounder or a batting all-rounder. Well, I always wanted to be a batting all-rounder, but I think I kind of slipped into being a bowling all-rounder. Not deliberately. <laughs> if you asked me what I thought you were, I, I would say a bowling all-rounder. But, yeah. I mean, what what do I know? Um <laughs> On the uh, on the bowling on the bowling statistics, you bowled one thousand and thirty point five overs. You bowled one hundred and forty six maidens, taken two hundred and nine wickets with a best of eight for forty four. You've taken ten five wicket hauls. You average twenty, and your strike rate is twenty nine. That's not bad. That's right. Yeah, it's it's more than respectable. And uh, just to look at the fielding, mate, just just to see what's there. The catches that you have accredited, you've taken fifty six catches with seven runouts. What the hell? Really? And, yeah, in two thousand and fifteen and two thousand and sixteen, you took ten catches in both seasons. Actually, so oh, I don't remember the runouts. I haven't had a direct hit for years. <laughs> Can't remember. You had three runouts in 2017, but you haven't had one for a few years. Uh, I'm getting a bit slow now. <laughs> there oh. we are. So, moving on to uh, a couple of games that I thought would be be good to talk about. The first is a game from the 18th of June, and this is 2016. And this is Macclesfield first team versus Neston first team in the <laughs> uh, Premier League. Worst 100 ever! <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Uh, so Neston won the toss and they elected to field. And uh, as you allude to, you did score 100. You scored 110 this day off uh, 102 balls with 15 fours and two sixes. Um, and you can tell us why you think it's the worst, worst 100 ever. Well, um, I was getting a bit of a stick from uh, this one particular player, uh, Mr Hackett, who, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he was a decent player in his day, but his day's gone. Uh, as is mine and um, he was giving me loads of grief because I kept uh, sweeping the spinners and not hitting it cleanly so it was looping over fine leg and you know you make your own luck when you're batting and um, yeah I mean I, I got myself in and I got dropped got dropped at point on about 40 odd I think yeah uh, yeah that rings a bell and then yeah just picking up boundaries and slog sweeping and just going over the top of fielders and yeah, it was great. And he basically stood in front of me and said, that's the worst 100 I've ever seen. So, I obviously, he, he fired me up a little bit for having a bowl. Oh. Yeah, so when when uh, we finished 230-odd, I think, I can't remember. Yeah, Mac, Mac posted 231 for eight off their 55 overs. Yeah, Bertus was rubbish that day. Yeah. Oh, so I had a little bowl. You did. You, you had a little bowl. Um, you opened the bowling, no less, and you bowled 14 overs, four maidens, six for 51, including the first four wickets. And you did get Mr. Hackett with a court and bowled. I did. Tell us about that. Well, I very much enjoyed it. It's one of my 
greatest memories on the cricket field. <laughs> That's how sad I am. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I bowled him a little cutter and he just tried to hoe it and it went straight up in the air. I called John's, I caught it, I threw it somewhere, I don't know where, and then I gave Hackett a right old send-off. Um, there might have been a couple of fingers here and there. And, uh, I asked him how my, how my bowling was uh, with a few Fs and Jeffs in there and uh, told him to get off the pitch. Uh, I actually got a yellow card for that. You did. You did. You you had a big day out, I seem to oh, remember. And, and Kit Jane, who loved me. Yeah, the umpire, the yeah. Sri Lankan fella. Yeah. He gave me a yellow card. So I was like, oh, okay. And then, and then, I've had a good day out. Yeah, I wanted to drink, celebrate with the lads, get back to the club. I had a massive argument with the she who shall not be named, uh, which put me in a foul mood. Yeah. Cheers for that. Well, needless to say, you had a big day out. <sighs> 106 foot. Um, and, and I seem to remember you, you, there may have been some repercussions for that send off, were there? Did you not end up um, spending some time on the naughty step? No, I got a yellow card. I didn't get sent off for that. I actually got sent off for giving Cal Turner a send off from uh, Ermston. It just got us, it just hit, uh, hit us for 100 himself. And I finally got him out. And I think that was another court and bold. Yeah, it was. And I threw the ball into the pitch and basically told him where to go. But I actually got a one-match ban for that. Oh, maybe that's why I'm, I'm confusing stories because I, I thought I thought you spent some time on the naughty step after this game. No, I only got a one-match ban. I think I missed Weaverham or something. Oh, well, but, there we are. Yeah, well, look, the uh, the next game that I, I want to mention um, is from the 2018 season. And this is Macclesfield first team versus Oxton first team. And this time it's in Division 1. Macclesfield won the toss and elected to field. Oxton were rather on the end of a, a bit of uh, a bit of a performance from yourself. You didn't open the bowling that day. You were, in fact, first change. I and mean, you bowled 11.2 overs. Two maidens, eight for forty-four. Um, what do you what do you remember about this performance? I remember it was at home and not away. We don't fare well away, at Oxton, <laughs> at all. Uh, not much, really. I remember struggling to bowl. I just didn't feel right. You know, sometimes you can bowl really well and get nowhere, and sometimes you can bowl really badly and take wickets. I think my first few weren't weren't great wickets. Uh, not not quite Rob Porter-esque burglaries, but uh, probably not my finest. And then I just it's just started swinging away from nowhere. I couldn't even explain it. No, nothing to do with it. Well, it could have been the wrist position. could have been the weather. I think it was a nice day. Yeah, so then uh, my favourite wicket, though, was, was Chris Stenhouse because I've, I've played a lot of cricket with him uh, over the years and he came, and against, and he came out to bat, spoke to the other batsman. He said, what's he doing? He said, he's swinging it away. So, <laughs> literally the only ball that nipped back all day and he's just shouldered arms and it castled his stumps. Oh, that was brilliant. Priceless. This is why I am a firm believer of when you go out to bat that you should never ask the other person what's going on. It's a waste waste of time. Anything could happen. Unless you are supremely confident that that A, they're going to give you some (laughs) decent information and B, in my case, not going to stitch you up. So, (laughs) needless to say, you you took eight for that day and and Mac knocked it off three down um, in 23.3 overs. And yourself, you... Were twenty two not out at the end? Um, Was I? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Red ink? No way. Nipper got thirteen. Uh, Angus Thompson twenty one. Cal thirty four. Um, and then yeah, you knocked it off um, huh. with he who shall not be named, who who actually managed to get thirteen. 
<laughs> that's, that's that's Rob Porter for anyone that, that cares. <laughs> the burglar. The burglar. Now, Birchie, talking uh, talking about a few of your teammates there. We we've played the word association game yeah, um, on a yeah. on a on a couple of the on a couple of the podcasts. So I thought it might be fun to to get your take on and give us uh, give us your word associations on the people. God knows what's going to come out of my mouth here, Miles. But it won't be swear words. But it might not be anything to do with the players. Well, look, we'll give it a go, Birchie. So I'm I'm looking for a word or a phrase that, that okay. comes, comes into your head when I mention these. Yeah, I've had a drink. Craig Melrose. Oh, this it's just disgusting, isn't he? Disgustingly talented bowler, decent batsman, but he's just a horrible man. Jim Melrose. Gentleman, nicest chap at the club. Khaled Sawaz. <laughs> Very talented, waste of space. <laughs> Nick Burtis. Legend. Miles Bradshaw. Oh, well, um, young, up and coming, fragile. Barney Cutbill. Ooh, slaphead. Otis Palms. Space Cadet. James Cross. Absolutely one of the most vile and disgusting human beings I've ever met in my life. Can I tell you a story about him having a shower once? Uh, I Potentially. Yes, go on. If, as long as they don't listen to this whilst they're having their tea. I can't remember where we were. It was an away game. I'm pretty sure. Where was it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I think it was me, Ports, and maybe Cal in the shower with James Cross. And I'm not even kidding, right? He was lathering himself up. Disgusting human being. Lovely chap. Love him. Curly Moores. Big nose. <laughs> Paolo Funtash. Uh, he's my hero. He's my favourite. Love him. Carl Burgess. Got his own gravitational pull. <laughs> And, and, uh, and the filthiest five for a £100 loss I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, and finally, David Bostock. Oh, ginger farmer, feral pig man. <laughs> Very good. Well, look, Birchie, we're, we're coming towards the end of the podcast here. Okay, mate. And, uh, after, the, uh, after the success of your... Your word association. I, I think we'll we'll tr- we'll try with the we'll try with the quick fire questions. Okay. So nickname. Birch Birchy. Left or right handed. I think I'm right handed. Bat or bowl. Oh, I love to bat, but I really love bowling both. Fielding position. Oh, I like gully these days because I don't have to move too much. But I I used to love fielding at point. Test or T20. Oh well, I love I just love it all. I love it all. I was waiting for the 100 and it's not here. COVID-19. <laughs> Best cricketer you've played with? Oh, God. Uh, Heath Padrola was right up there. Nick Burtis was all right, I suppose. Uh, Nick Ross, yeah. Yeah, decent. Decent. Yeah, probably Heath Padrola, to be honest. Just watching him bat when I was about 15 or 16 was just incredible. Fastest bowler you faced? <sighs> probably an angry Ian Butler <laughs> but in New angry. Zealand. Oh, it was horrible. Um, although Ker- Kerry Worms led a yard. I remember Rob mentioning Wormsley. So he played at one of the New Zealand clubs when I was there. Uh, there was a guy that played for Otago that was horrible. He kept hitting me in the shoulders and the helmet and whatnot. But obviously, I took him on. Uh, we didn't win that game. Um, yeah. Messiest in the dressing room? James Cross. Longest in the shower? Khalid Sawas. First thing on your plate at teas? A pint. (laughs) 
followed by a severe fine, I would imagine. Um, Potentially. <laughs> Takeaway of choice. Chinese. Drink of choice. Lager, 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 lager. Jack Daniels. Dance move of choice. Well, developed a new one, Miles, called the Peacock. Okay. Had to, I'll have to show it you one night when we've had a few beers. Excellent. I'll hold you to that. Because I was going to go for the sprinkler, but someone claimed that. Yeah, the, the sprinkler has already uh, been featured. Yes, yes, yes. So, three dream dinner guests. Who are they? Oh, you know, I've been racking my mind since you said Birchie will do the podcast, and I've been thinking, and I just, I want, you know, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and, and uh, Pablo Escobar, or something like that. So I just get messed up. But then I was thinking maybe Hugh Hefner, and he could bring his bunnies. And Pablo Escobar, obviously. Then I've got a bit of everything. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I want to have dinner with you lot. Is that free dinner, guess? I don't know. Certainly is. Um, <laughs> Birchie, before we get to the end of the podcast now, <laughs> is there uh, any, other, any other things you want to get out there? Any any stories or anybody you want to give a spray to? Oh, well, I'm not one for giving sprays. And I don't think Chris Hackett's going to listen to this, although I might send it to him personally. But I really dislike that man. No, I love everyone at Mac. It's amazing. It's a great place. It's a great place, and I really miss it, and I can't wait to get back and give everyone big hugs because this social distancing, it doesn't work for me. I'm a touchy guy, touchy-feely guy. Yeah, that's it. I think these podcasts are amazing. Just keep keep doing it. Really good fun. I've enjoyed listening to them all. Stay safe. Stay well. Keep two metres away. Keep drinking. Excellent, Birchie. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure we will all look forward to seeing you back on the cricket field soon. Yes, me too, Miles. Me too. All right, mate. You take care. Take care. Bye-bye.